Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Oops, there we go. How's that? Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host of Kiss Mash Talk Radio this morning, broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, along with my gang, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco. Hi. None other than the man they call the GOAT, Alex Tavella. All right, so what's the background you got going on this week? Uh, This week, we got a little John's Roast Pork going on. The world famous John's Roast Pork in South Philadelphia. Hold on, let me make you the. All right, all right. World famous, huh? Yeah, John's Roast Pork is. Uh, you get there by the time they run out of bread, and if you're not there by the time they run out of bread, then you're out, and there's no sandwich. There really is a, a closing time for John's. It's whenever the bread runs out. Well, that's is, that's like some of the Philly cheesesteak places, right? They, mm, they run out of no, bread. No, I mean not really. Not like the ones that the touristy ones that people know them guys are open 24 no, like the ones that somebody like you would take me to i remember going like at night one time yeah well john's place. roast pork is a place i mean they they have uh you know cheesesteaks too but yeah oh, it's yeah? one of those All places right. that but we're talking like three four or five o'clock i mean you're not going there at nine o'clock at night it's done it's over with how but uh they, how do they serve a roast pork sandwich i mean is it just roast pork and bread or onions or sauce or I mean, pork. you get it, you get it how you want, really. But the the normal roast pork would be roast roast pork, sharp provolone, broccoli rabe. Oh, okay. Th- that sure. would that would be the one. You know, the pork is sitting in the pork gravy and sharp provolone, broccoli rabe. Call it a day. Anything else is you know foreign. Foreign. <laughs> I. Why do we have to start off talking about food? I'm. Uh massively dieting here to to uh get off the covid weight and the long island weight paul your mic's a little low oh am i hold on i can just a uh, drop just a drop just a drop you know, you know what it is they they changed all the settings in our uh in our fun thing they did they did Who's how's they? that a little bit better it is a little bit better you know they the, they they're coming they said yeah, they, they you know it's always I they. Love that. Yeah, I'm they did. <laughs> <laughs> the hamsters, the hamsters on the wheel that make this thing work. So they changed all the all the formatting since much. yesterday. Changed the format. I noticed it late yesterday, Paul, when I put a pick in. Yeah, so I, love, it, I love that they statement. So, like, we came in this morning, Alex and I together, and the office door was left unlocked. Yeah. So oh I, no! I had to text with our office manager, who was last to leave it. I'm like, yeah, he left the door unlocked. He's like, well, check with Alex. I'm like, uh, we walked in at the same time. Yeah. He unlocked the door. And I walked out before both of you. Yesterday. I know. I know. In the back. Right. Maybe, maybe, okay, I go, wait, maybe he went in there before he went to West Palm Beach. I'm like, uh, when he left, we were still here talking for about another 45 minutes. Right. 
And then he, he, he you know, he's trying to find a reason. Like, well, maybe it was Adam. Adam, <laughs> Adam. Adam locked the door. It's like, hey, they did it. I love that. I love that sentence. So, Paul, you're back in town. I am back in Florida, living in a house that technically, I guess, is not mine. Well, I guess it's mine until we close. So it feels like I'm staying in an Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Why do you feel but like now, Airbnb is all your first job? It is, but like we, you know, it was set up for sale. So like everybody, like everything is like pristine and clean, except for my desk now. But everything is like pristine and clean, and like I all bet, the kids' toys are put away. I bet your bed's not made. Yeah, it is actually. Whoa. I mean, I'll show it to you, but it's it's Whoa. messy still because the dogs were just on it. That's not much made. of a maker of a bed, but yeah, that's. I don't make my bed. What is on the? What is that on the bed? That's my uh, my bag for my laptop and stuff. And the dog is in the corner there too. You may have seen her, two of them. But yeah, so it's it's kind of weird, like sitting coming into the house and it like it doesn't feel like home. It's like everything's dark. off the wall. All of our pictures are down. It's so strange. It's very dark in there, isn't it? I so I have it dark in here purposely because um, the windows behind me. And if I open up all the windows in here, it lights the back of me and not the front of me. So I have a light here. Ooh. Oh, like actually, you want to see the light? Can you see what that is? Oh, of course, of course Mickey it is. Mouse light. Of course it is. It's a Mickey Mouse light. Yeah. So I have the light here. How do you have the light and not have a hat? What the hell are you talking about? I have a hat right here. When no, you don't have a Mickey Mouse hat. Mickey you know what we talked about before the show, Paul. Oh. I have a Mickey Mouse hat, but it's not with ears. No, no, no. I, this is from when I was a kid. Well, when you're there next week, can you pick up a hat with ears? Uh, not next week. Th uh, the week three, after. Four weeks. Four weeks. <laughs> we have to go because they're opening up the new Ratatouille ride to no, just assholes. Not the Ratatouille ride. Yeah. Oh my god. So I we got a preview pass, so we get to see it a month. Do you get like the world. like member privileges? Yeah, there's there's like a twenty percent discount on a lot of merchandise. Uh, sometimes twenty percent at restaurants. Sometimes ten percent. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff like this. Like I get to, to, we get to take the kids on the ride before they before the ride even opens. So like they, they nobody will get to see the ride. Normal people can't see the ride until October first or somewhere around there. All of September, they're allowing annual pass holders to uh, to get on the ride. So you have to have like a, you have a time to go and show up, but the Ratatouille ride. Yeah, yeah. What is the Ratatouille ride? Like, I you mean, know is the it movie just Ratatouille? Uh, vaguely, kind of, yeah. But is it just like a roller coaster through? Like, what no, is it's not a roller ride? coaster. It's a it's a trackless ride system that goes okay. through basically a warehouse, but they shrink you down to the size of Remy the Rat, and you go through the kitchen, and you end up under the stove, and it lights up. There's one in Paris. And uh, this is basically a replication of the of the ride in Paris because it's so popular there. So it's a roller coaster. It's not a roller coaster because it's not on a. It's not like a, a thrill ride. Like it's like a an immersion ride, I guess you would call it. Like yeah. so, it's like a tram car. Yeah, but it's not a tram though. It's like a trackless ride system. Like there's no track. You just the the oh. cars are all independent and they move around and. You know what? I until feel like they you're don't. Until me. one goes head on into the oven. How did no. they? Oh, well, that does happen. Yeah, it's a fake oven that you end up under. I mean, it's fun. Listen. I, hey, all right. Hey, subject. Yeah, to each his own, right? Enough Ratatouille. I uh, just want to remind all our listeners in three weeks, literally three weeks from now, 
KMA Talk Radio will be celebrating 10 oh, years man. of broadcasting. That's right. 10 long years of Saturday mornings with our friends and our fans out there. Wow. We are going to be doing a special broadcast from the J.C. Newman factory in Tampa. Yes. Um, they're putting a big to-do out there. You get like a little like kind of breakfast with some mimosas and Bloody Marys or something like that. And then they're going to have, I think, I think it can hold up to about 50 or 60 people. Um, then it includes like a little factory tour. Then there'll be a hospitality room and some little lunch afterwards. So it's going to be a nice little event. We're going to celebrate our 10 years. If you're in the Tampa area or want to head down to the Tampa area, I still believe they have tickets left. There's a, there's a link posted, I think, uh, last week on our KMA Facebook page to an Eventbrite, Eventbrite page um, where you can buy the tickets for the event through J.C. Newman. Um, we hope to see uh, many of you guys there. So um, I can't wait, man. The 28th. The broadcast will be on the 28th. Of Have you August. been there, Abe? Yes. Yes. I've never been, I've been outside of the factory before. Like I've been in that area, but I've never gone, I've never gone in. So I'm really excited. This would actually be my first factory. I've been there before and after the major remodeling. So okay. what a job they did. I mean, they, now he, now when we had Eric on not like a year or so ago, he told us that they have like those antique rolling machines. It, it, that's at the Tampa factory, right? Those are some of the machines that make some of the, like, the handmade binders and fillers. And I think when you see that, you're going to be like, wow. When you see a machine, wrap a cigar. <laughs> and the, But they're, like, 100 years old, too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty <laughs> wild. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're old. I mean, they're, but they're pretty wild, you know. And the problem is with those kind of machines, when they break down, good luck finding parts. Right, uh, right. we got to get somebody to manufacture a part. And it's, it's brutal. So, um I mean, I don't know if those machines are still there after the remodel, but I know they were there. I've seen them there. Well, we have somebody watching from India right now. Hmm. Is it a relative ball? Uh, no. I mean, of mine? Sure. I don't know of any relatives in India, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> also, before we get sidetracked, um, another big event this Thursday. Um, Ooh. An event that actually came to fruition because of KMA Talk Radio. Oh my God! I'm so excited about this. I already I know what you're talking about. We were okay. actually we were actually mentioned in the press release by Cigar Aficionado, which I'm utterly surprised it happened. But um, Alan Rubin had come on KMA Talk Radio, and we talked about one of his first box releases back in the day because Alec Bradley was very well known for making Occidental Reserve. It was their bundle, their number one selling bundle is what they sold most of. And their first, you know, release into a box market was a brand called Trilogy. It was a triangle pressed cigar that came in three wrappers and they were little 20 count boxes. And um, I just talked to him about trying to bring it back. And then we had the two boys on, I think, later, um, Alec and Bradley. And they're yeah. like, oh, we've been trying to talk dad into doing it and he won't do it. I said, oh, I'd love to do it. <laughs> blend and i got on the phone and called him after that show and um he agreed to do it um and it kind of metamorphosized into not doing it just for us oh yeah well you have that i have this oh, oh you actually oh yeah. you actually have it of course you Dude, oh, i didn't i didn't see that in your office the other day i really would have loved it that's great packaging man yes. it really so, is so the way they're doing this and this is pretty cool only 300 of these boxes will ever be made. They made these exclusively for smoking to launch. 
Um, and then they will be released throughout the next 12 months, I believe, in normal 20-count boxes at different times with each wrapper. But this collector's box, pretty coolly, has six of each of the wrappers that were going to be oh. coming out. The exotic Cameroon, the exotic Maduro, the native Cameroon, and the authentic Corojo. I got to get one of those. That's so cool. cool. So you get six of each, and 300 of these will only ever be made. And then later on during the year, you'll be able to find these. I think they're only making a thousand boxes of each. So it's not, they're not bringing it back like in full production. But if you don't get one of these, you'll be able to catch them over the next 12 months in regular 20 count boxes in, in limited quantities. They're only making a thousand. Look, the color didn't match. I'm sure that the, uh, I'm sure that that box is the biggest pain in the ass to make, especially right now. Did, did Alan just make that in his, uh, in his garage, like the first press? Well, I'm telling you, <laughs> this project, we've been talking to the boys over a year now. Right. Literally over a year and a half, maybe, that we've been talking about working on this. And, you know, they didn't tell me what they were doing. So, literally, it was like... Oh, you didn't know what the design was of the box at all? No, they just said we, they wanted to do something. They're going to bring Trilogy back. They wanted to do something special with us. And we didn't know what was going on. It was really... It, it, it was thought up on KMA Talk Radio. And then this is what they came out with. So, pretty guys, cool. Guys, we'll... We'll have to have them on again soon then. And the fact that, they, that they'll never be made in this box here is kind of cool too. So only yeah. will be made. So right. that's Thursday. Thursday, you can actually buy those in that box? This Thursday, starting at noon, noon, Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Time, whatever you call it. Um, starting at noon, they're going to go on sale. Then we're going to have an event. Um, there's also sale on their regular product. we got box discounts. and They're giving away some. Five-pack discounts. Five-pack frenzy. Yeah, another five-pack event, so you can buy five packs, and I think four five-packs will get you an Alec Bradley leather case, eight will get you a case and a bump ashtray, and then there'll be a raffle, which I think is pretty cool, um, an Alec Bradley branded rabbit ear. So we're, we'll do that away live. We'll give it that away yeah. live. So the virtual event starts at 7 p.m. with the whole family, Alan, Alec, and Bradley. And um, the, the sale starts at noon. By 7 p.m., I'm figuring the boxes will be sold out. And then we'll have a drawing at the end of the virtual event, which starts at 7 p.m. That's this Thursday. So that and our 10th anniversary party. And I think that, that's all that's in the near horizon. Anything else I miss, Alex? Um, in the near horizon? No, I think that's about it. I'm sure Coop will touch on the other one that is not to be. If we want to save yeah. it for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, warehouse is coming along. Uh, we're chugging away. Uh Abe, do you have? Do, are you guys doing all the inventory? Like, are you setting it up yourself, or do you have like a yes, a warehouse hard yes, like? hard yes, Paul, yes, by hand, <laughs> by ourselves, yes, as if I nothing ever existed. Yes. I, well, I was gonna say, I, I know that like some people when they first set up their warehouse, they hire somebody for the placements of it. Like they they have somebody come in and inventory it, you know, the way like a a, a massive warehouse would do it. I didn't know if you were doing that or. I mean, I guess you just put it alphabetically. No, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not even necessary. It's not that complicated. It, 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 you, it's all in the structuring right of getting it automated to start and, you know, sliding the shelves. <clears throat> so when we or, when orders come in, they'll know within an eight-foot shelf of where that product's located. Oh, that's the, perfect. That's what I, yeah, that's no, awesome. No, no, we're it all, but, but there's a lot of work because we're bringing in so many new companies and so many new That's awesome. And so many new products that... Um, 
it's not just checking in the inventory and slotting it. Then the team's got to go and get photography for new products and right. product descriptions and create the product in the website. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Alex, Alex is kind of going to be handling all the entry of all the new stuff and whatever. And me and the guys are kind of doing all the receiving and it's a tedious process. It really is because if we, if we screw it up going in and all the hard work is in vain. So yep. I really take our time to set it up right. So that it'll be as efficient and, Having real-time inventory is key because we we spend hours, hours every day trying to track. Because, you know, we've, we've been operating on not real-time inventory for the longest time since we started right. like 15 years ago. And it really wasn't necessary for us, you know, in the beginning. And even as it got busy, it wasn't that bad because we're here in Florida. If we didn't have something, next day, we right. stay away. Yeah, and with, the yeah. shortage, with all the shortages we got now, it's a nightmare. So we spend hours trying to track down products in one of our many locations and calling the manufacturers, see what they got and they don't got it. We got to call customers and see if we'll substitute something. And I've, just, I've been there when those when those things have happened for sure. Like you need three of boxes of such and such. Uh, oh no, they have them at this store. They have. Yeah. I'll call so them. And you've been going through real time inventory where all the products in one place is going to be a uh, much needed and pleasant. Uh, Oh my God! The shipping team is gonna—it's gonna make life so much easier for everybody. Well, involved, even like guys like Briggs, who spends hours a day tracking stuff down and right. pulling. And you know, he's stopping—he's stopping every manager at every location. Hey, do you have this? Go check and make sure it's on your shelf. And they're going multiple times a day to see if they got something in stock. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, there you go. The price point—I can't remember off the top of my head. It was in a press release. Um. <laughs> Was posted. I may have it. I think it's like one hundred fifty nine dollars, one hundred sixty bucks for the eighteen cigars. The the price actually the price point that was in the original press release was wrong. They had to call. They priced it too high. They had to call um, Cigar Aficionado to change it. But I believe it's one hundred fifty nine. Actually, I might have it here. So well, the correct. I know that the price for, per stick was wrong, and it says in their press release that eight ninety seven is the correct price. Per stick, I guess. Oh God, let me just pull it up. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the the box. Give me price a second, I'll get you the price. You got real time inventory now. I mean, I think it's one fifty nine a box. Yeah, they, they screwed up that whole press release. Yeah, at least we made it in. Yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. <laughs> What one of you will get it? Yes. Here we go. It is. Oh uh, yeah, Coop. There you go. We said the same thing. Nine ninety-five a box. Yeah, that's not a bad deal, man. No. Will I? Will I get that before I get my uh, my red meat lovers club? Yeah, red meat lovers club is in November, right? Drops in November. The, the chips. Drops in November. That may be my celebratory cigar then for when I move into my house. When's that? When's that supposed to happen? Well, they keep changing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be September 30th. Then it was October 15th. Then when I talked to them the other day, I went by there because the house next to us has windows in, but they're about a week ahead of us anyway. And, Are you going to uh, be homeless? Technically, yes. So we were going to go move in with my parents up in Vero Paul Beach. Asked me, I got houses to rent last night. I, I wasn't sure if he still had one of the townhouses. So I was like, let me just ask him. 
And uh, yeah, I've I've been starting to look for a place to rent because I think it's we're realizing that the reality of living an hour away is going to be difficult. Getting Axel down here for I don't know what it's called. He's in pre preschool or something. He's not in VPK yet. He's not in VPK. Yeah, it's not VPK. It's because he's three. So whatever it's called, he's going to like a a preschool prep type thing two days a week, whatever. So. You know, he's there uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think. So it's going to be a little bit difficult to go back and forth. So we're desperately looking for houses. But, you know, where we live, you know, our neighborhood is normal, you know, regular working class people. But then, like, the surrounding area is full of. (laughs) What's that? Don't say it, Paul. Uh, I was going to say polo club people. I wasn't going to say anything bad. So, like, we have to go outside of our area. And right outside of this area, it's not such a great area. So it's, it's hard finding places. I'm not going to lie. So, and to rent a whole house. I kept, I kept, as, as we moved, I kept all our old houses. And then, I, you know, we had tenants and I never really dealt with it. And then when Ronnie retired and Emily left, and I actually had to start dealing with ten, tenants. It's the worst, right? I, I sold them within two years. Yeah. Like, I'm, I can't deal with these people. I had a woman, true story. Now, we're in South Florida. Blowing yep. my phone up on a Saturday morning while I'm on KMA. Like, I'm telling you, blowing it up. She called like 12 times during a two-hour show. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking the water main must have burst. <laughs> Your house must be like two feet. You know what she calls to tell me? What? The, heat, the heater's broken. I knew it. Not the AC. Right. The heat. The heater. I'm like... You live in South Florida. How, how many cold? times in your life have you put the heat on? How cold could it have gotten? Yeah. I pulled up my phone on a Saturday morning. Yeah, I got rid of those fast. As soon as I had to start dealing with tenants. Oh, that's what, that, was my, that was my argument. And I don't want to be dealing with it. I don't have people to do it for me. I don't want to be dealing with it when I have two kids at home and taking my free time. And, and a bunch of my real estate investment friends were like, listen, because we didn't have to sell the house. Like, I could have kept it and done a smooth transition. But they told me if I'm going to wait till the fall to sell it, if I'm definitely going to sell it, sell it now. Because I think they're going to let this mortgage forgiveness and the non not being able to uh, kick people out of apartments and stuff, that's not going to get renewed. So they think that there's going to be a lot of foreclosures in the market and it's going to flood the market with inventory, which is why the prices are so high down here now because there's no inventory. <laughs> but it's, it's not really mortgage. It's There's not a moratorium, which is odd and funny, but there's not a moratorium on mortgages. It's just rent. It's just rent. If you own a house and, and you owe the bank money, go work it out with your bank. If you well, no, so with the No, so with the mortgages, there's mortgage forgiveness where you, yeah, you, a lot of people you defer in. your payments. <laughs> Right, which is you know you can defer penalty back here. Right, but I think like, they, hey, they don't, don't realize. That, right, but I think that they think that they don't have to pay their mortgage. So I know personal people in my life that have done this, and then they yeah, put like a, you know an extension on their house with right. the money that they save from paying their mortgage. I'm like, well, you still got to pay that money back. So now there's three thousand a month for the last eight months or whatever it's been that you haven't paid. Now, how are you going to pay that back? So. I, yeah, I, I, that's what, that's what they're saying. And I, I tend to trust, I have two clients that are, you know, that that's their real business is, is real estate. And I, I was real, I got nervous about it. So I, I jumped the gun and we sold the house, but yeah, now my family will be homeless. So good dad. I got two kids, two dogs and a wife, and uh, we have no place to live we'll starting September 1st. Our, we'll let you camp out on our patio. 
No. <laughs> Paul will go squat in this Randy would like the kids Paul, come in. You're telling me you don't know like a blind spot in Disney where you can squat at for a couple weeks where they won't notice yeah, you and just blend right in and <laughs> I can't live two and a half hours away. Well, Why I guess not? I could, but the kids Why couldn't you? Years. Why not? Why can't you? What do you because do? I gotta take the kids to school. I already paid the uh, tuition yeah, for right. Axel. So before we get into our maker maker segment, I just want to uh, answer Big Lake Scratcher here. The cigar coop says that the Alec Bradley box will be at one sixty one fifty three. That is well, actually that is actually the correct price that Alec Bradley wanted wanted it to be sold at, but the retailer in me just wouldn't allow it because one sixty one fifty three just sounds too weird. Oh, such so, a, oh yeah, right? They they send me fifty three. I'm like, really? This is what you want me to sell it for? One sixty, one fifty three. I mean, who thought of this number? In retail, that's not a that's not a good thing. And in, in I other worlds, I, I, I told Brad, I could, listen, it's a dirty number. For, we're selling it for one fifty nine ninety five. I can't. You know, <laughs> it just goes against every grain in my nature to sell yeah. something for one sixty, one fifty three. <laughs> Oddly enough, but yeah, that was the correct price that we were supposed to be at. So. Listen, man, that's not a bad price at all. I, I, I'm going to jump on that one too. There's a there's a couple of these specials that I jump on, and that I think that cigar is going to be. Have you smoked it yet? No, it's, I, I don't want to break the only set. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, oh, you got one. Okay. So yeah, ah. I mean, that's going to go in the museum. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I well, like I'm, that box. I, I'm I'm waiting to find out if they sent 300. I'm gonna get 300. I'm gonna get 299 now. I don't know. Right. Oh. Know yeah. So I'm waiting to see. It depends, I guess. It's weird. But anyways, right. let's. Uh, we got a good guest on today. Uh, he hasn't been on in a long time. Uh, let's bring him on, and then we can let you do his, your impersonation of him later. Yes, we're gonna put you on the spot. Uh, all right. Let's. We'll forget about it. Hopefully. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. Broadcasting live from South Florida. There he is, Rainier Lorenzo from HBC Cigars. You've seen him on your social media. What's going on, man? We're doing great, buddy. Can't complain. Let me finish all my stories here on Instagram quick. I'm ready for you guys. Let's go. That could be the most excited I've ever seen a guest. <laughs> yeah, that got me. It's like, it is like, you know, to me, it's like, the other day people was like, hey, how's business going? And I was like, let me tell you something right now in the cigar world right now. If you are not selling cigars right now, this is not a business for you. You should open a bakery, you should open a croqueta place, but not cigars. It's been great. Crazy about it. How are you guys doing over there? That that's that's something that I would exactly say to somebody. <laughs> you need to find another line of work. Yeah, this is the time. Really? If you're not making it now, you need to find another line of work. Really? Yeah. It is really? like I mean you do it was on the show. You see everybody was really excited about the show. And what? I see all my friends there. They did well there. I'm happy for them too. So, I mean, it's a really good time to be in the cigar business right now. I want to talk about that a little bit. And I know I'm going to go a little bit out of order, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back to your history. But, you know, you talked about the show. Now, this was your, 
and, and not a lot of people know this because a lot of people who are into your brand now and smoking your brand think you're a fairly new brand. You've been around for 10 years. Right. You've been making cigars for 10 years, and you've seen what's happened with the show over 10 years. How was this show for you? Because you look very busy, you know, at the show this year. I mean, like, at the same time, you got to see how it is. I really commitment. I really, like, hardworking. Because if you see HBC, people really start talking about HBC, like, I would like to say, like, three years ago. So when you see the history before seven years, hey, it was me traveling out there. My broker's getting in the jobs, punching the cigar. And finally, at some point, you say, wow, something's going to happen, right? We have great cigars. Great people out there supporting us, and it was a great show. It was great, best show ever for us. Wow, that's a testament right there. Best show ever for you. Now, was was that the normal size of space that you've had in the past, or was that smaller than normal? Usually, my first show, I usually have one booth. In the last two years, I got two spaces. And this one it was quite weird because all the momentum in the industry, I said, you know what? Let me have, let's go back to one booth. But let me tell you something, like when the TV started doing pushing malls for the tobacco business, right? Like premium cigars. I don't know if you guys been at the TPE. This year was my second TPE. You see the booth they set up for all the companies there. And I think a lot of companies were like, hey, you don't need a big booth to really sell cigars. I mean, that's... That's what I see. That's my opinion. So, no the 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 booth the booths at the TPE have have always been a much more simpler and and smaller okay. navigable, navigable yeah. booths than they have been at the tra- at the IPCPR PCA. Is that just because they that's that's the way they set it up, Abe? Because I I've definitely seen pictures of that before. I mean, they they almost all look very similar, right? It's so, like a similar setup. You have to understand the TPE handles a lot of mass market and most of the store guys going there are convenience stores, C stores. And um, there's just, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but there's not the same level of ego at that. Right. You know, um, they're there really to do business, write up sales, do orders. And our show, our premium cigar industry shows always have, have, has had a little tinge of ego in it and um, <laughs> extravaganza in it. You know, it's really funny because Jim Colucci said to me many, many years ago, because Jim Colucci worked for Altus many, many years, 30 years, I think. He was the vice president of, of uh, he, he worked mass market and then became vice president of premium sales. So he worked both sides, mass market and premium cigar sales. And, you know, one of the funniest things he said to me once, he's like, it's really mind boggling because the mass market, completely shadows the amount of revenue generated by premium cigars, right? I mean, the dollars is just like unfathomable how much more money is made in mass market than premium cigars. And he's like, we don't do nothing for like our mass market customers. I mean, maybe a couple here and there are big distributors, but you know, but we go to these trade shows and we're taking these guys out for like $50,000 dinners, right? you know, $100,000 dinners and half these guys spent like 10 grand with us last year. I mean, it's like, He's like the, the the psychology of the two different sides of the industry is like really off kilter sometimes. But I mean, you know, I mean, like, a lot of a lot of it's been tradition and how it's been done for, right. decades, for decades. Well, like 
I mean, I think in this way, like, in the end of the day, it's a business. But think about if you go there, the PCA, right, and you spend, like, I don't know, a million dollars, right, and set up, it moves, like, dinners everybody, and like, hey, how much money you need to get back for that, right? Oh, so that's, that's all my philosophy. I think it would be, like, 10 years, 20, in the end of the day, it's a business. So I, I think it that way, right? So... Because I mean, I, I would be really disappointed myself like, if I go there, a small company like we are, and you try to impress, right, to consumers or to customers with a big booth, and he said, hey, and at the end of the day, when I come back to Miami, they saw my numbers, and I don't do my numbers, they say, well, things are not working now. Right. Right? Lorena, let me ask you a question for a guy like you, your size. If... Because a lot of people think that it won't affect them at all, but I'm curious for a guy of your size and where you're at is if there's no PCA show next year, do you think that hurts you? Not really. You really don't not think really. so? Not really, because think about this. I, I hope the PCA keep going there because I really, actually, my first big show when I started the business was the PCA back in the days. I think it was Orlando, my first show. I think it was 2017, I think, or 14. If I'm right, that was, that was at the Hilton. Exactly correct. And I remember by the time I don't have even booths, and Eduardo Fernandez say, "Hey, bring a couple boxes to my booth and put it there." And when I saw that, I said, "Well, this is actually my first big show of cigars. Know about the industry, learning about the industry, and I hope PCA is still there. I mean, for now, more twenty years, it's a great for us and for everybody. But think what happened about last year? It was not PCA, and everybody did great." Right? I just, I just, I just would have assumed or presumed that for a guy of your size who maybe not have enough resources to get around the country, especially now with the traction your company has, that a PCA show is very, very good for a company like yours. It is really good, but at the same point, you got to think in the way, hey, what happened? In the, whatever happened, I don't know. Okay, you say, hey, there's no more PCA. Hey, we're still in the business. You got to keep going out there. You gotta tell your brokers, you sell reps, hey, we gotta keep pushing the product. Me personal I'm traveling all around the country to you know represent the brand. So at the same time, hey, you got it plan B, right? But at the end of the day, I hope PCA, TPE, it's, it's been great for everybody. You know what really surprised me the first time I was at the TPE, it was not a lot of people two years ago. And this year for the TPE. A lot of major companies were there. Well, I think this year is a little bit of an anomaly, too. I think a lot of people are just dying to get out after a year and a half of being locked in. Um, the, any good reason to get out and, and, and start getting somewhat back to normalcy was a plus. And unfortunately, now it looks like we might start moving backwards again. But we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get coupon. And for the other part, for sales part, think about this way. Like, is the TPS and camera? In the PCA in July, I think it's perfect for everybody, right? Perfect for consumers getting new product. Probably you won't get to say in March, and for the PCA for everybody is great because people are going to cut get a new cigars or whatever. And wow, it's going to rain like crazy here right now in Miami. Yeah, we hear oh, it. We hear it too. It's the thunder's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Wow. So it's think about the way. I think when you got a show, a big show in January. And you got another big show in July. It's great. 
Uh, yeah, I just don't know how many how many uh, premium guys are going to continue to go to the TPE. I think the more people I've talked to, um, they kind of like, okay, I went. I don't know. I'm going to keep going. I I've never went to the TPE. I actually happened to be in Vegas during the TPE just by coincidence um, this year, and I still didn't go. Um, <laughs> Everybody thought you were there. Because you were posting photos in Vegas. Yeah. Listen to me. I made one. I, I purposely didn't post anything while I was in Vegas. And I made one post just because I was at the Casa Fuente shop. And I wanted, you know, just to show my, my love and support that I was there. And I stopped by. And that, that was it. And my, my PM started blowing up. Hey, come on by booth. Yeah, come see us. I'm not here for the TPE, so. Um, Rainier, let's, let's talk about your history because you have a pretty amazing history. So you were born in Cuba and you grew up on a farm in, in Havana City. Is that correct? No, in a farm? No. Well, that was, that's what my producer wrote on the paper. So. Yeah, you were on a, well, okay, I'm I born in Camagüey, right? Camagüey in Cuba is a big state, no for avocados. Avocados? No, avocados. That's a caro state. How do you say vacas? How do you say that? Baca? Cattle. 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 Like vacas. Cattle? It's a cattle. Say like... Mm, yeah, cattle. How do you cattle, say that cattle, in English? Cattle. I don't know. How do you yeah. say that in English, right? And yeah, then I, I grew up in Havana. But I grew up in Havana. My family, for my size, they are farmers. Paul right now is researching where he read he grew up on a farm. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I swear, I I'm going to send you the article. I can see his I can I'm see Googling him scrolling it. the articles to say where did I read he grew up on a farm. I know where I read it, but you I don't want to I don't want to bash the the uh the person yet. Yeah, yeah the, yet. the funny part is like you know when I am out there doing the event, people can see my accent from Wisconsin. You guys know I was I grew up in Wisconsin actually. That's <laughs> I was hold on, wait, 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 wait. I want to get to Wisconsin. So let's just let's talk about Cuba. What was it like growing up in Cuba? Because we hear so many different stories. I mean, hey, I say to me it was great. You know, I left Cuba 17 years ago in 2008, and I grew up in Cuba. Hey, I grew up there, happy kids, really happy. Right? You didn't. Yeah, you, didn't like, I, any I, other, you didn't know any other way, so you were just living. It's life. exactly like like you say when you don't know. Yes, you grew up there, and, and, and I was really happy. Really, you know, family-oriented guy, family working hard every day, and, and me in the school all the time, and so. I can't complain really. So when you get out of Cuba, when you start really know what's going on, hey, you say, hey, think about it. I was living in the same place for 23 years. Never get out of the country because I'm in mean, Cuba, but then you can never go out anywhere. And you can see what happened right now with all the protests. So that I hope Cuba can change soon. So hopefully for better. How did, how did you leave? It's called family unification. So my family were here. They are American citizens, and they can give you a. They send you the papers so that you go to embassy in Cuba. You present your papers. Actually, for me, it was a little tight there because I was in medical school. My first year of medical school in Cuba, and then they don't want to leave. They don't want to give me the papers to sign to get out of the country. So I got away like probably like around six months to get out. Almost every week I used to go to the, see the principal of the whole country to sign the paper. Because in Cuba, if you are a doctor or a lawyer or engineer, if you finish your career, you have to wait at least 10 years to get out of the country. 
Is that because in case they they need you, or is there a scarcity of free education? But it's like probably for them is the way to pay back. So you gotta work for them and wait 10 years. Right. Like, think about myself right now, right? I was 23. I was in my first year of medical school. I went down with the school probably when I was like 27, 28. And then I have to wait 10 years. I will be like 38, right? I'm 36 now. Hey, I don't have time for that. Right. So when you left Cuba, you went straight to Wisconsin? Boom, boom, Wisconsin. How did you pick Wisconsin? <laughs> they, call it, they call it the Lead City. Yeah. I've, listen, what a I've, great I've time. been to Wisconsin. Even myself, a Cuban guy, 23 years old, not English at all. What the hell is going on with these guys? Actually, what's it? Did you have family there? How did you get Wisconsin? No, no. I always stay here in Miami. Okay, so how did you get to Wisconsin? I was working there for a genetics company. Okay, so you got a job. Yeah, I got a job there, and I was working there for seven years. And you were doing veterinary genetics? Yes, correct. Genetics for animals. Animals, correct. Wow. So was that for, like, was that for like breeding farm animals and stuff like that? No, it was like in the lab. We usually separate X and Ys with the seeming of the bulls. And the last three years, I was working doing, like, embryos and destroying this kind of stuff. So you worked with a lot of bull semen? Yes, correct. <laughs> You're right. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> look at that face. <laughs> to me, it was like, actually, like, it was a great experience for me. I say, you know, I go to America. I have to learn the language as much as I can. I want to know the culture. So people, when I was like, Wisconsin, what are you doing in Wisconsin? And I always say, hey, best things to happen to me in life probably was coming to America and go back to Wisconsin, living there for seven years. It was unbelievable. Did unbelievable. you like it there? Did you, you enjoy Wisconsin? Actually, I really enjoyed it there. Yeah, I was living in downtown and I have a great life there. Can't complain. The only thing year after years. Cold, 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 really cold, really, really yeah, cold. Yeah. That's the only thing they can say really about Wisconsin. Really, really cold. Yeah, but a Cuban, a Cuban guy going into that kind of cold. I mean, I'm from New York, and their kind of cold is is different. I mean, negative temperatures in the winter. So it must have really affected you. I gotta imagine. But you, you gotta think about like, hey, I left Cuba next to nothing. I, I came here to America to work hard. I say no matter what, I want to find a way to be out there and work hard. And make things happen. So that's that's what you do. I think if you really want to be successful in life, hey, you got to work hard and you got to get out there and try it. How how was that first winter you were in uh, Wisconsin? <laughs> My I get to Wisconsin in December of two thousand eight. In my life, you know, in the first week you really enjoy. It. You say, "Wow, well, first time saw snow in my life. It's all fun. It's happy." And then January, and then February. And then March, and then and June is colder. June, it's like whoa, this is something is happening right now here. You know, when the time change because I mean, I been in New York. New York is not cold. Like Wisconsin, you're talking about like sometimes Wisconsin. The funny part is, I think you are seventy five, right? Seventy five, there you happy, and then a night draw like forty. Right. So whoa, whoa, what's going on here? We were like seventies, and now forty at night. It's like 
Wow, really? Well, that's Wisconsin. How many oh, years did you spend there, Rainier? Seven. Seven. Do you feel like do you do you feel like you're a Wisconsinite still or no? I really like it there in the summer times. Like I have a lot of friends there. Actually, yeah, they really say, "Hey, you know, we love you anytime you come here." It's actually, my first account in the business went in Wisconsin. Wisconsin for cigars, they don't have a, a lot of jobs. You have to drive like forty-five minute hour and a half jobs there. But actually, that's when I started the business there. Was in Wisconsin. How much? How much English did you speak before you went to Wisconsin? Not at all. Nothing. Not at all. Not Nothing. at all. Really. Nothing. You know, it's it's interesting because you figure, look, you let's know. be real. In yeah. Miami, you could have probably got away without ever learning the language. No, yeah. Be but going to Wisconsin, you absolutely had to. To be honest with you, like, I have friends here in Miami. Actually, they came here before me, and they don't speak any English at all. Right. Yeah, you didn't right. have to. It's people is that in Miami. And again, yeah. Alex is right. In Miami, you don't have to learn it. You could exactly you could, Miami. You could, yeah, you could live your whole life without really ever learning English. Not so much in Wisconsin. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you that's true. Know, I remember you. You see the funny part. I remember me driving my four two thousand one to the cigar shops, trying to sell my cigars, and people were like Lorenzo, like, and I, I like your cigar, but. I don't have idea what you're saying right now. I, I, I don't understand you. You imagine how difficult it was to me, like, get to the chest. People don't know me, don't know anything about it. And me try to sell the cigars, and, and then they say, what the hell with these guys? What are you talking about? I have no idea what he said. It was like, well, it was beautiful. For me, it was, it's a beautiful thing what's happening right now. Do you still get that from customers? Yeah. <laughs> People, people sometimes say, you know, you Cuban, slow, slow down. You got to slow down. You're too slow fast. Down. Slow down. You're too fast. What do you say? <laughs> so you're in Wisconsin. You end up coming to Miami. Like, how, how does this, how does the transition happen from, from working in genetics in the no, coldest like, part of the country to getting into cigars? I mean, I assume you were a cigar smoker. Actually, not at all. Usually, really? usually no, because think about this. Like, remember my first premium, premium cigar? I was a party in Cuba, and they were passing out a box of Cohiba Siglo 6. I, I think I was 18, 19. I never was really into cigars in Cuba. Never. And then I try, I give a couple of puffs, and I say, wow, this is, you know, Cuban cigars is not spicy. They are mild, medium, creamy, rich in flavor, right? Mm -hmm. That's why most people like really really good Cuban cigars because they're not hard at all. I remember myself like, wow, this is, this is quite different. When I left Cuba in 2008 and 2009, Eduardo invited me to go to Nicaragua. And that's when he showed me the whole process. Saganosa lived down there. That's really me when I get into tobacco. And I started the business in 2011. And me was in Wisconsin. Actually, my first cigar was called the HBC First Selection. Right now, we don't make the cigars anymore. It was me. My first client in all the business was Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan, because I was living there. So me driving all around, selling my cigars there in 2011. And at some point, the business started growing, growing. 
in 2015, I made the decision, this is it. This is what I want to do. Let's go, let's move to Miami and let's do it full time. And we are now six years doing it full time. Wow. And actually, we opened our own distribution like a couple months ago. I was going to talk about that. Um, I was going to bring it up later, but since you brought it up now, you you had your distribution that was being done by Agonorsa, right? Yes, correct. So, and you and Terrence Riley seem to be close friends. Did that friendship happen from the business relationship, or were you friends before that? Actually, I really met Terrence when he started working at Agonorsa. That's when I really met Terrence there. Yeah, before that, I think we passed crossover like high, high, but that's it. Yeah. So and he's been with Aganosa now like what, like three years? Yeah, three years. So, technically, so then you were working with Aganosa before Terrence? Yeah, yeah. Okay. When yeah. it was still Casa for yeah, the, the only company I have been working with is Tabaco with Aganosa. And how did you meet the people from Aganosa? My family has been working there for almost 20 years. Well, there you go. That's your. That that, your that's really how I get in the tobacco business. Yeah. And what does your family do there? My sister was the general manager at the Tropical Tobacco. My mom was working at the warehouse, and my brother was working at the warehouse too. He, here in here in Miami. In Miami, yeah. Okay. And that's why me, when I was living in Wisconsin, every month I used to go back here to Miami and be here for like you know like long weekend, like four days, five days. Yeah. <laughs> be careful, just grew we be jealous. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a, a good friendship has, has sprouted up there. I mean, Terrence is probably one of the nice guys in the industry, really hard work guy out there with great relationships in the business. Yeah, great yeah. sales guys, yeah. Yeah, Terrence is a class act. So so uh, on the distribution, so now you're going to be distributing your own product? Actually, I get it. And you order, actually, you order get out yesterday. Well, there you go. Yes, myself. HVC is one of the many new lines we will be bringing into this new smoking warehouse. Now we have a lot more room. So um, we placed our opening order at the trade show. And it shipped yesterday, which is good, which means hopefully we won't receive it till Tuesday because we need a little more time. <laughs> we're, sifting, <laughs> we're sifting through boxes, man. We are sifting through boxes. Um, so are, are you are someone else doing the distribution? Are you doing it yourself? Because distributing your own products is a big task. Right now, me and my family, they are helping me out doing that. Yeah. So you and, I have, and I have a lady full time here in the office uh, taking care of the customer right now. We are like, right now we are like four people here in the warehouse. So you got your own little warehouse now? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, kudos mm-hmm. to you. That's, yeah, that's a huge undertaking for sure. Terrence, I said you were a class act. What more do you want? <laughs> he said you moved on from it too quickly. <laughs> I saw a great video of you, Rainier. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, it looked like your, yours, and Terrence's family were hanging out, and you showed how to make, um, how to make a drink the, the Cuban you're talking, way. You're talking about the mojito. Yeah, the mojito. Oh, yeah. With the yeah, you, I mean, I, you were muddling everything properly and and sprinkling yeah. the sugar in. And <laughs> yeah. that day, I called Terrence. Hey, come over to my family house. I'm going to cook something, and, and, let, and let's drink mojitos. And I remember when I was. Probably when the video happened, that was probably the 18 or 20 mojitos already that we had. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, you can see my face. I was swearing. I was like the ice machine, like, come on. Yeah, it was, it was a great day for us, mojito. Maybe we can go, we can go to a smoking and do a mojito party one night. 
a bananoid with mojitos. Listen, I'm all about mojitos. I want to be the bartender. I want to be the bartender. I don't want to sell cigars. <laughs> I want to be the bartender. Mojitos. Well, you're going to train people to make them the Cuban way. Terrence <laughs> is great. So back to distribution. He's not letting go of it. <laughs> That's too funny. Hey, how you doing with the new one house now? How it's I mean it's difficult and learning that way right now to me. Like how difficult it's doing to keep him the packaging. Well like I'm learning that right now myself. Let's put it this way. How many SKUs do you have in your in your in your portfolio? Right now, let me see my price list, like Probably around 40. Now imagine warehousing every manufacturer's. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> a little more complicated. It's crazy. Complicated. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy because when we looked at it, we're like, um, you know, because, you know, we're looking at the space we're working out of now. So my whole team's like, what are you going to do with this place? And, I, and, I, and I, I, I've had this experience when we build out stores. Because when it's empty, it looks huge, right? It just looks enormous. And they're all looking at this like, what are you going to do with this? This is like, I said, you have no idea how fast this is going to fill up. And sure enough, we haven't probably received half our warehouse orders. And you can barely see concrete floor right now at the warehouse. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's going to fill up fast and, you know, I, I I don't even know if it, it'll, it'll make Listen, three years. Yeah, I was going to say something tells me we're going to be doing this all over again in three or four years. Yeah. Well, who who told you that, Abe? Some somebody said to you that you should. Well, you know, you I had actually I had Lou Rothman who was sitting right here, uh, right. About seven months ago. But you know, I'm also talking to a guy whose warehouse was two hundred eighty thousand square feet. Yeah. When you talk to Lou Rothman, everything is a little bit skewed. You know, I, I'll never forget one time I, I, I said I, I called them up like really early in my career. I think when we just had two stores, maybe West Palm and and boy, or maybe we had three because we had the internet. So I wanted to start making some samplers, and I didn't have the knowledge or maybe maybe the juice to start buying some bulk to make our own samplers, or didn't know at the time. So I just reached out to Lou. I said, "Hey, Lou, do you have some bulk? You can tell me. I want to make my own samplers and you know try to get you know some new." customers and finding us and he's like well how many do you want i'm like just send me a little bit of maybe 10 or 12 different brands i said a little bit shit showed up in pallets like <laughs> pallets i got a call i think i was at the trade show and my operations guy the guy who's managing store, i said dude we just got like an order like it's like six pallets of stuff you know and i think that stuff lasted us like a year and a half wow oh yeah in fact we might find some when we're going through the boxes at the warehouse. I mean, he just, for him, that was nothing, you know, for us, that was like, you know, Holy cow. Are you kidding me? So, so, but he made a lot of sense. And I remember like right after our meeting, cause we took like 8,000 square feet of an 18,000 square foot warehouse. And I, I called to see if some of that remaining square footage was still available. I was just going to take it. And just keep it just in case we need to grow. I was gonna, they, already, they already built the wall. I was going to cut a hole into it. And it was gone. So it was gone. Wow. But either way, it will make it, 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 you know, if we were able to handle what we were doing now, and especially without having real-time inventory, 
we'll be able to breathe for at least a few years and maybe like three three to five years we'll we'll, we'll make a, a a decision on what to do at that point whether we take because right now we, our plan was we were going to take all the marketing team and the web team and put them in the warehouse we, we didn't there ended up being really not enough room and it wasn't worth it when we started realizing we may not be there that long so the shipping team's going there, and the marketing and web team's going to stay here at our headquarters in Boynton. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that had been uh, that yeah, had been determined yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I see you guys. Like me, I seem to be a young guy in the business. You got to think in the long term, and that's that's the way. I mean, been in for almost thirty years. Like you say, like you think in long term, the stuff that you're doing right now with the big house and that, that, that's a great step, you know. And I see right now in the, the premium cigar community out there is, is doing great things out there in, in general. And, and premium cigar is doing really, really strong. I don't know if you guys saw the numbers. I think it was yesterday or before yesterday from Cigar Aficionado, the cigars in port in the United States. And, and it's been crazy, right? No, consumption's, consumption's at a high. And, you know, whether that's being because people are home more or maybe new people picked up the habit of smoking during COVID because there's a lot more pastime and people getting together, but you know, we'll see how it lasts. I mean, listen, we saw this in 97. So you know what we hope we hope to do is sustain the new smokers and keep it going and not have a huge drop off. But, um, but do you see the 97 was bigger than this one right now? Uh, number wise, number wise, I, I don't know, but what I can tell you is the, the, immediate growth that it took was bigger than the growth we took now, I believe. There were no cigars anywhere. You couldn't find Macanudo anywhere. You couldn't find Fuente anywhere. You couldn't find, I mean, whatever reserves they had were depleted. They were gone. That's what made the room for a plethora of, of overnight companies that got into the business um, in 97 and 98, which, you know, I don't think any of them are still around. They didn't endure. But it opened the door because there were no brands. So now anybody who had tobacco or had cigars that hadn't sold for years, now people were looking to buy anything just to sell. So we haven't experienced that. I mean, there's shortages. Manufacturers are backordered. But the bulk of premium cigars are still available. Um, so I don't think there's going to be that window for anybody, you know, just you know, because they, they needed it. They were buying cigars because you couldn't have, stores didn't have, can you imagine being a retailer and you didn't have product on your shelves to sell to anybody? I mean, talk about a nightmare. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't think it's that point. Right now, it's more frustration, right? We can't, you know, look, I mean, the reality of it is, you know, consumer's looking for a cigar he wants and he comes in once, twice. And we, we always call. So we say, look, do you have an ETA? Sometimes they say it's on our next container coming in two weeks. Sometimes they say, we can't tell you when we're going to have more of that cigar. And we relay that information to the consumer. And then what does the consumer do? He finds something else to smoke. So um, because there's still a lot of good cigars, but 97, that wasn't the case. There was nothing to find. And you, you know, people needed brands. So, And there were a lot of bad cigars on the market too, right, Abe? Well, because anything they could find and roll, they were rolling. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, tobacco that was sitting around not being used because no one wanted got used. So, you know, that's what happened in that boom. So that was uh, the, 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 the jump, I think, was a bigger jump. So, I mean, the volume today compared to back then, I'm sure is more. Um, but 
the burden it took on the market, I think, back then was a lot more strenuous. So um, we're going to have to take a short break, um, but stick around. We're going to have a lot more Rainier and Lorenzo. We're going to have Coop on to see what's the scoop with Coop this week. Uh, we have Tale of the Tape. What number are we at this week, Alex? Five. Number five, read the midway point of Tale of the Tape Season 2, Professional Wrestlers, Top 10 of All Time. So we got an exciting second hour. Don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. With Altidus rich in profound history, it only makes sense to showcase one of their popular cigars after Mr. Henry Clay. Receiving a top 10 spot in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars, the Henry Clay Warhawk has top-notch construction while boasting with complex flavors. Cloaked in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper with a Connecticut broadleaf binder and a Nicaraguan Criollo fillers, this medium to full-body smoke has flavor notes of toasted almonds, earth, and a peppery finish that pairs nicely with a lemonade. It is available in three sizes, Corona, Robusto, and Toro. If you're looking for a cigar that has an abundance of flavor and history, then this 95-rated Henry Clay Warhawk is the cigar for you. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Oh, hi. Staying at my brother-in-law's house. Me, the kids, and the dogs. But, um, you know, it doesn't really matter where you are or to each his own with whatever you're surrounded by because you can enjoy your favorite things wherever you go, like Bonner Private Wines. Now, this Malbec is an Argentinian Malbec that's almost as rare as this common eider right here. You see, it's, uh, it's grown in a uh, vineyard that is 8,950 feet in the air. Part of a sampler pack that Bonner Private Wines offers KMA listeners. All you have to do is go to kmawines.com and you can get a three bottle sampler for a great price. We give you a discount from KMA and they'll also discount the shipping for you. So uh, check it out, kmawines.com. And uh, before the show starts up again, I'm gonna talk to this very rare, beautiful specimen of a bird and finish up my Bonner Private Wines. Keep it lit. So we invest in our producer. We get him a $400 set of of microphones. And the guy still can't make a new commercial. You're muted, thank God, because there's really nothing good you could say. Just stay muted. Just stay muted. You're better I don't off. have an excuse. I don't have an excuse. Stay muted. All right, I'll mute myself. Was Can there you another rerun? I, I missed. Uh, wait, timeout. I ran to the bathroom real quick. Was it another rerun? Bro, I just <laughs> invest in him. We give him a four hundred dollars set of wireless mics, so the sound quality, and he can't even do the common courtesy to make a new commercial. I'm going to do one for next week. Yeah, sure you will, dude. I, I wish I could, I wish I could live in a universe where I just constantly just let people down and don't do what I'm supposed to do. I, <laughs> oh, I, just, God, don't know, here we go. I just don't know how that world exists. Rainier, do you, do you work that way? Do you just like not do stuff you're supposed to do and yeah, I'll get to it next week? I mean, like, think about you. You got to do it that way. Yeah. I get in the cigar business, like, I, I wish like, I can say I have, like, more background. And you can say, like, you know, like, a lot of family doesn't get business, they come generations and generations of tobacco, right? And, and it's easy for you to do the way. And my way was like, hey, let's do this. We can learn in the way. And I think it's almost anything in life if you really want to do it. 
Hey, Alex, let's just screw that big job that we're going to tackle at the warehouse Monday and just go to Disney. Yeah, I'll be in. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they, they got it. We'll, we'll go to Disney. Well, what else do we got to do? We got nothing to we'll do. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. Yeah. I got I got nothing to say. Are you jealous <laughs> of my of my lifestyle? I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. No, I got a great lifestyle, but you know what? I get shit done that I have to do. I'm good. Listen, man, I got a full time job. I have two two out of four weeks is not even a hard request. I just, two. <laughs> oh, you want two weeks. out of four weeks? Hey, forget, just, forget every week make a new one. Just every other week make a new one. How about that? Is that not a reasonable? Well, that request? that Listen, changes things. Hey, oh, I, yeah. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Tell me if I'm right. Him and Vinny exist in the same world. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I love he's Vinny. a little bit of Vinny. Yeah, I'm on set. Yeah, I'm at Disney. I'm, you know, shooting a movie. I'm going to a wedding. I got a bridal shower to go to. You know. I got, okay. I got, I got MobCon to go to. Yeah, yeah, I got to go to MobCon. <laughs> going to a house in the beach right now after this so from the whole week. Want to see how she's going there? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think you when you when you plan something, you say maybe came out really good or maybe not. A lot of times, I mean, I am the guy when I like to hang out. A lot of times, I hang out to myself. I go to place myself, whatever in the world. And and actually, I had a really good time myself, too. You know? Like, you even cigars. Them. Like, sometimes when I really enjoy, enjoy cigars, not myself. Do you know what I can't wait to watch? I can't wait to watch the episode when it's over to see how closed captioning handles Rainier. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fast enough. It'll be way just, behind. It's not I just fast enough. See what what it says. When he's That's talking. actually a great a great point. No, he's too I fast to close captions. We should get excerpts from it <laughs> and just clips and, and and post it. Um, Rainier, we have a very special segment called "As the Record Spins," sponsored by Avo Cigar, where our good friend Eddie Guerra has a special question. Just for you this week. Okay. Spins by Avo Cigars. Uh, here's the question for you, Rainier. If you could have any career that you want other than the cigar business, and I'm also going to say genetic and genetics because you already did that. If you could be in any career that you'd want, what career would it be and why? Probably would be a. I think it's a great question for almost anybody. Yeah. But... It's difficult, you know, because like I was thinking I would be a, a doctor, right? Teacher, I went to for my first year. That would be a good career too. But I really would like to be an actor. I would like to be a, a Hollywood star. Yeah, actor, I really? yeah, I like it. Yeah, acting is really, 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 really. You know, hard. Before, I think people underestimate. I got some class in Cuba. I, I got some class in Cuba. Before I went to medical school, I got it for like almost a year and a half. 
So let me ask you something. Can you do like an accent, like an acting act? Like my kids always like will do like British or German. Yeah, or I, I wish, but you can see my voice. Like, uh, what's going? I just said. <laughs> I don't even know. What like, you know, my, no, wait, voice, wait. Think, my voice is not. It's, it's not for that. While while we're on the acting subject, that's a great segue into Paul's impression of Rainier. Oh yes. Oh yeah, why not, please? Look, well, no, I tell you, okay, I tell you something. I tell you something because if you smoke the hot cake in the morning, it's the best time to have the hot cake. Okay, man, that's the way to do it. Okay, have a mojito, have a hot cake, loving life, man, loving life. That's yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got such a unique such a unique voice. I remember the first time the first time we met you. Rainier, we had I, I hadn't spoken to you on the phone. We had just talked via text. And when you showed up, this young guy with that 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 voice, we were like, Whoa, what's going on here? Where's this guy coming from? Terrence Riley. Terrence is still hurt. We didn't talk about how great of a guy he was longer. <laughs> oh, he doesn't like it? If Terrence has a better one, we can uh, log him in. He can do a... he's, he's the only one that gave you a low score. Everybody else said you nailed it. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, so we got Nicholas Antonio. Just, just want to throw this out there. Nicholas Antonio Jimenez is the most intelligent friend that I have on Facebook by far. He is, is you the one that told you to listen to all those podcasts? No, but he is a just no, no, he's, everything he's he posts. He's but he's a writer. I mean, he's a good writer. Yeah. He's good with his words and and um, pretty fine. We, I, I, we, we wanted him to get on a special panel of KMA, but we couldn't get all the guests on. Skip didn't want to come on. Oh, I remember. We wanted to do a little KMA panel, and uh, he was one of the guys I wanted on there. Uh, he's a really, uh, he is an intelligent guy. Um, so you, an actor, you'd want to be an actor. Yeah. All right. I get, you know, let's just go around with this, because I kind of like this question. Paul, what would you do? I probably, I mean, I, I guess I would be, I would have been, I would have liked to have been more successful as an actor. So I did the off-Broadway stuff, but okay, like, I would have liked to like, Make a career. Pick a career. Pick another career. Any career. I don't know. I feel like the idea of being a doctor is great. Like the reality of being a doctor would be difficult, but I think I'd be really because I'm such a personable guy. I think I'd be really good at it. I've always thought that I I would have been a great doctor. Maybe I don't want to. You know, I don't like touching. You know, other stranger. Uh, you know, people. So it wouldn't work out for me. But you don't, you don't have I, any problem to see blood. What's that? You don't have any problem to see blood? Uh, not no. Blood's not the issue. It's like okay. like if you have to like look at somebody's touch somebody some stranger's feet. Like I'm sure not everybody that comes into your office as a doctor is uh, you know like pleasant pleasant looking and or smelling. Paul, Paul would have been an <laughs> awesome doc. Paul would have been an awesome doctor. Doctor DeGraca, we have to take out that uh, pancreas. It's going to explode at uh, three o'clock. Hey, we'll just do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I maybe it's because I've I just binge watched Scrubs while I was up on Long Island at night. So maybe it's I don't know. It feels cool. They they glamorize the whole doctor thing. Show that was love it. I, it's probably my second or third time watching the season. It got a little bad in the last couple of seasons, but what a classic show that was. And when they brought it back, did you ever see the the no. new one? Like when it became a no. med school, it was no. aw- the, those episodes are awful. When they try There's, to save a show like that, it seldom ever works out. Doctor DeGraco. Yeah. How about you, what Alex? If, yeah. 
had life gone my way, I a, a military history teacher at West Point. I've you, always said that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I've always said that. that. You're you're a factual and intellectual. Yeah, you like to read. Yeah, I can see that. Military history, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And what about you, Abe? I've said before, I, I probably, I, I wouldn't do acting, but I would love to be a director. I, I, I've been a movie buff since I was a young, young kid, like watched tons of movies. And I was always the guy who says, that's not how a person would react in that scene. You know, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Or I, I find the incontinuity in, 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 in screens, which I know sometimes is just editing and there's nothing they can do. But um, yeah, I think I would have liked to have directed movies. And I kind of enjoy directing when I do it here with our web guys when we do our, like, you know, promo. Do you, do you yeah, mind you do. the Cuban guy is coming now with that day? Please, do you, do you send me? <laughs> it's funny, like, when you enjoy something, it's, I mean, people say, like, if I want to enjoy this, I want to love this, I, I want to do it at all, right? It's something, sometimes we are really fortunate in life to do something that we really enjoy. I know other people that's out there working and that, they are not enjoying it at all. And my question to them is, why you do it? It's like, you know, like, and, uh, you know, you know, Rainier, that's the that's the world. The majority of people work at a job they don't enjoy. And that's just, you know, that's why I, I try to tell my kids, you know, whatever it is you think you want to do in life, just make sure you like it. You know, I mean, don't worry about the money. You'll figure stuff out. But if you don't like if you don't like waking up every day and doing what you do and enjoying what you do and having fun at what you do, the point of life? And you ain't living. You're spending more hours at work than any other part of your life. Oh, Abe, the fake Alan Rubin threw a little shot at you. Yeah, okay, Alan. <laughs> That's how you get started, Alan. You got to start somewhere. That's hey, right. Alan will pay for that later. Listen, I got my shot as executive producer doing The Great Smoke this year. So, you did? I, mean, I, I did. I didn't get to direct. That was Monty's job. But I think I'd be good at that. You doing what camera directing a live a live event is so much different than doing a film though no without a doubt without yeah. a doubt without a doubt but, like, i think it's way more stressful even when we sit in the back and we do our videos i sit with our videographer and i you know i, I will like kind of do editing with him because for me that's a little bit like directing how mm -hmm. play out so yeah i, I would have liked i would have liked to have done that i'm Not i'm quality i'm quality control in those videos I check for like boogers, eye boogers, lint, folds in the shirt. I gotta do the, the video. The video guy knows the video technology, but like doesn't even look like at the picture. Like we did a whole thing one time, a whole video, and like I had a huge eye booger. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like we're done, and we're watching the edit. Like what the fuck is this? So now literally, Alex sit there, look at the camera, looks at the collar, you know, fluffs up your titty on your shirts, and you're like, all right, you good to go? <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what I did. I mean, literally, you know. I mean, that's he's a good guy for it because he's slightly obsessive compulsive. So I think he notices those little things. It, it takes a certain eye, you know, yeah. and, and that's one of the things about managing people. You know the skill sets of the people around you and who's better at something than not. Like Alex, you know, learned this when, you know, over the last year, you know, we had two graphic designers and there are jobs that would just tell them, this job, give it to this guy. Right. Or, you know, this guy can do that job, but he can't do this job. 
you know, um, our advent calendar was one of them, you know, yeah. that was like the third variation of art. And after two variations, I just said, you just give it to the other guy, he'll, he'll nail it out right away. And we love the work he did, you know, just, but you know what? I have always said that that's the mark of a great leader when, when they know, you know, what, what the skill sets are of the people that, that work for them. I, I think like that's this. a, that's a huge mark. And, and I know part is you have to go with the professionals and people that do that. You know, sometimes you're suppressed and you think you can do everything. Right. And you think that you will be completely wrong. But that's why you have to go to the people that know how to do things. Like the people can help you and you can help them. That's that's really important for you to set up and say, hey guys, I got a special guest. Uh, let me open the door. So when I got you introduce you. Is it gonna be Jeff Groover or Terrence Ryan? Okay, it's yeah, one, it's or the one, other. It's one of them. One of the other. I'm gonna say Groover. I think Terrence <laughs> I am so I'm going to say Jeff Groover. If it's Groover, he's going to be in his hoodie. It's Groover. Which is, we just lost control of the show. He, he just left. It's all right. <laughs> it's not like the show's ever under control. <laughs> and if it's Groover, right, he's got a it chair. A totally unannounced Groover. I call him the gringo. Please, sit down. Oh, there he is. There's <laughs> Holy cow, in the flesh. So we didn't talk about what a great guy he was enough, so he drove over. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got 20 minutes. I say, come on. Speed your car. Yeah, he, he, I, I flew over here. You know, the whole thing was really that, you know, it wasn't the enthusiasm. It was like, oh, yeah, he's a really great guy. So back to distribution. What, what else can we talk about? And I just, you know, it hurt me a little. I'm here. <laughs> Being honest with you. Jeez, man, Terrence is needier than I am, huh? Listen, he is needy. So listen, Terrence, if you could do us a favor, slide over a little bit more, you know? And then, no, the other and, way. No, 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 the other way. Yeah, he, no, closer, no, 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 no. closer to Rainier. So as Rainier talked, would you be so kind to sign for us? For the <laughs> that would be awesome. I understand every word. Hey, I got my right. translator here. Okay, I went to each and you said. Yeah, I got it. It's one, it's, one, it's one of those things like Tanya Borshowitz, right? The more you're exposed to the accent, the more it becomes normal and you understand it. Yeah. You know, when I first met Tanya, man, I couldn't understand anything. Like half the time, like, what? I go to my wife, what did she just say? And like now it's completely normal. But when I'm with people who haven't met her for the first time, they're, they're experiencing it. So the more you're exposed, you, you, you pick it up and you start to understand the nuances of the accent well it's funny because when we when we were bringing tanya on she said to me she at first she didn't want to do it because she's like i talk too fast everybody says they can't understand me i'm like you'll be fine and she did perfect on the show i think we just replayed it actually last week she did but she talked a lot slower than normal i mean yeah yeah at the trade show but i'm totally used to it i mean i get it right away now but i struggled in the beginning you know your impression's a six out of ten. Six out of ten. It was a combination of Macho Man Randy Savage and Rinier. It was like, <laughs> okay, I, I, it, it wasn't the best I've heard. I want to get some opinions. I want to get some opinions while we're here, real quick. Can I get a few opinions? Terrence and I had a great uh, intellectual debate on Facebook the other yeah. day on the morality of bringing shopping carts back to designated shopping cart areas. Yes. I, I just want to get some opinions from the the cast here. On, on, wait, whether or not you oh. should or not? Yeah. Well, not whether you should or not, whether that it's a reflection of your moral character if you don't. Of course it, it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, dis it disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, 
So I just want to be clear on what the parameters of this. Is it making sure the cart is in a secure place that it won't roll and hit any other car, or do you have no, to walk it back? No, walking it back. So that's not in a secure place. They're saying you have to return it to where exactly – so if, if you walk to one end of the parking lot with your two kids – and they're crying and screaming, and it's hot out. You got to take the cart and walk it all the way back again, and then haul your kids all the way back again. That's what they're saying. They're not saying secure it so it doesn't roll on the road or put it in a place where somebody can't. Now wait a minute. Now, 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 now. In fairness, Terrence has painted this picture of Miami being a third world country where they do not have <laughs> designated cart areas within the parking lot. They don't. It's, it takes up a parking space. It takes up a parking spot, so they don't use them. Most of the ones I go to do not have. There's not, there's not always designated cart spaces. There's some no. places that don't. It, if there is, I agree you should use them. That's that one we agree on. But if but you have to I go always, all the way back, that's ridiculous. But like, what I always make sure is I secure the cart. I never leave it in the thing. So yeah, 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 secure the cart. If yeah. there's a mound of grass, I'll, I'll jack it exactly. up. Park it on the mound of grass. So you're not, you willing to just, no, so you're not willing to just leave it in the middle of the parking spot. and then I would never leave it in the middle of the parking spot. No, that's not the same thing. That's not what the debate was. Don't change. No, I'm not. But I made that point. I made that point. And I agree with you. I granted you the outliers of the elderly and the woman with eight kids. I, I may not always the outliers, the, the average. All right, yeah, average person. yeah that's not, not the always, outlier. I may not always take it back to the thing if it's not nearby or I don't see it, but I would never leave it lying open. I will secure. No, it. No, no, no. Neither I, would I. But I'm, I'm saying I'm that you don't bring it all the way back. How did this conversation even yeah, come up? February. That's how it started. Wait, say that again, Alex. How did it start? Fred Rui just so, posted oh, about. What was your sides of the argument? Who had what side? What was your positions? I, I was saying that it's not a moral character issue. That it's a like like if they put the the, the return places out there, or they have somebody help you with your cart. It's more. It's a. It's an issue of function. It's not an issue of moral character. And 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 that I don't think somebody that doesn't take the cart all the way back is inherently a horrible human being. That was my I, point. I, I was on the side that. of common courtesy to your fellow shoppers to return. Thank you, Alex. It's something that drives me nuts all the time with stuff like this. We live in a society, right? We've chosen to be a part of each other. Like we're here. If you don't want to do hold things on, on, like that, we chosen to be part of each other. You can That's move. You can move anywhere. You can move to the middle of Alaska and, and not have anybody there. around you. There's other people there. You're there's not places to live. Isolated place. Get out of here. You, yeah. you can. You have that choice. You're part here. of a society. you got to do things analogy. for your fellow man. A terrible analogy. Terrence's argument is that this is an arbitrary, if the words I want to say, he said, was an arbitrary social dogma. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> that sounds like I Terrence, mean, yeah. Yes. That really has no reason to be followed. You, you, being that it's just... Or at a restaurant, you you don't like clean up after yourself. But, it, but again, my go ahead, go ahead. That's that helps. I mean, that can help your fellow customer if you clean up after yourself. You don't have to wait for one of the bus boys to do it, and that could it could seat somebody faster. Everything would go faster if all the people at the restaurant cleaned up after themselves rather than waiting for the bus boy to come. I mean, that, but nobody expects that because it's just not like people are just making an assumption. That that's arbitrary. They're like, oh, well, this rule exists, and let's not think about it. It just is how it is, and if you don't do it, you're bad. That's what I'm saying. Well, look, I will say this because, like in everything I try to do, I try to be conscientious of other people. It's just kind of how we were raised. It's kind of my culture. So, 
if you're the type of person who just leaves your cart in the middle of a parking spot, I think that does say something about you. I, I agree. If you do that, that's not. But that was right. not the conversation. Right. You know, <laughs> if you if you if you could think, you know, far enough to say, hey, I'm going to get this cart out of the way, so that it doesn't interfere with people's cars or bangs into cars or blocks people parking the car. You've done your job. There's a guy who gets paid to go out and collect them and bring them back in the shop. That's his job. Dave, you and I are on the same page. That's why we're great people. We're, we're, like, we're, like, we're like Tom Brady. Let me ask you a question, Terrence. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You've never kind of put your plates together and moved them on the side at a restaurant? We always do. We, my wife's been the one at a Michelin star restaurant kind of, that piles them, them up together. and puts them all yeah. together. I stack my plates all the time. Because you have no class. <laughs> you stack your plates, right? You kind of stack them, put them to the but, side, and no, I'm, I'm going to tell you what—that's a bullshit statement. Because in a Michelin star restaurant, you ain't stacking shit because nothing yeah. lasts on the table that long. Yeah, okay. no, uh, but that's not true. In in Italy, it should be a Michelin we, star restaurant. I'm going to yeah. tell you that. I it was only a three star one. one. I stack plates most of the time because I'm trying to do the job for the person not doing their job because they shouldn't be bringing me food till they cleared the shit off the table. No, I'm saying when you get an app, when you get an appetizer and you've finished and they're coming to take it, Stephanie, my wife will take our two plates, put them together, put them with the, the main appetizer plate, but she was also in the industry. So she doesn't do that. Maybe not, but let me ask you this. No, but that's not a moral hindrance on your fellow diner. Correct. Correct. Well, what about Terrence? You got to tie your shoe. You're walking down the street in Manhattan in Times Square. You're on you're on Seventh Avenue. Move you got to tie your. Do you move, move over, over to the side or you bend yeah. over and tie it right wherever you are? No, you can move. You can move over because it's that's an easy thing to do. Like it's it's, it's simple. I went, it's so hard to put a cart back. I, I, <laughs> I, I, in a lot of cases, it is. Hold on, I whack my son all the time because he does that. I'm like, get out of the way. What are you stopping? You know what I mean? But but. But Terrence isn't saying. Terrence is saying just secure the card. Yeah. Right. Hey, I, can you I, talk to them for me? I can't do this hey, anymore. Yeah. I, Terrence, I mean, I'm having a hard time. If you leave a card, card wide open or in between two parking spots, so the next two people can't come and park wherever, that definitely says something about you as a human being, in my opinion. I would agree. Well, um, Alan's still so worried about the workforce. <laughs> don't worry alan you'll give him a job at santa clara don't worry alan that job will be there for you just in case it doesn't work out at santa clara <laughs> i'm more surprised that the public's i'm trying to think even in the downtown area in west palm beach where their parking lot is so tight i mean i don't know if you guys have been to that that downtown west palm beach uh public that Publix. I've been there because I lived over there. I'd have to be hard up and stranded, like dying to go to that. But they have a cart return in the corner of the in the corner of the parking lot. It's far, though. I just find it hard to believe there's no cart returns in Miami. There's very, there are very few, very few. Well, I'll give you. It is bad because Latinos is really like somebody has to come and pick it up. That's your job. Yeah, see culture. Different different time, different assumptions. You live there, and somebody got to pick it up. Yeah. Nobody thinks that anyone's worse for it in the Latin community for it. No, in fact, I feel it's uh, you know maybe prejudiced to say this because you know it's uh, different communities you know have different views. Man, did we get on a tangent? All Indeed. right. So before we bring on Coop, thanks, Leo, Chomsky. What do you have going on? What do you have? Yes, new product coming out. You got new cigars coming out. What can you tell our fans and listeners about uh, what's going on with HV? The next cigar that we will have probably we're going to keep it next week. Oh, I'm sorry, next month. It will be the 10th anniversary. That's the new cigar that we have. The, we present at the ECA 
So only one side, 2,000 boxes. So that's the new cigar for us. And then that the, an, next, the next the project. Is that an annual release for you? I don't know yet. Okay. To be honest with you, I don't know yet. Did so you do a ninth sure. anniversary? Huh? Did you do a ninth anniversary? No. Okay, so this is the first anniversary cigar you made. Ten anniversary by the company. Remember, we did it for 100. Right. 100 years. Well, that's a man. That's a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's our first anniversary for 10 years of HVC. The first one, yeah. Nice. And the next one will be the Black Friday. The what? Black Friday. Black Friday. Yeah, that's a project that we have been doing for the last six years. It's, you know, sometimes a lot of people confuse. It is, every year it's completely different cigar, different size, different rubbers. So the only thing is the same as 50 count boxes. So this year I'm working on something really, really special and, and a really hot rubber. So that's coming. It, it, does that come out for Black Friday? Yes. That's, well, yeah, we own the name, we own the name Black Friday for cigars. No, I know. Does that cigar come out for Black Friday? Yes, correct. Yes. What, does, yeah, usually we ship it then in the first week of November. Okay. All right. Well. And good. always we do like 500 boxes, 400 boxes. That's it. 500 boxes? Yep. What are you going to do with the 100 left after my order? <laughs> we would sell that. It's always sold out. So it would be great. All right. Good stuff. All right. It's that time. Let's see what our man Coop is up to. Let's see what's Scoop with Coop. Oh, look. Do you like Coop? Yeah, of course, Coop. Yeah. Hey, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coop, Hey, good morning. I just want to say, Alex, you got a boatload of outtakes from this episode. Do I? That little that little banter right before Coop was hilarious. That was. <laughs> it, it was the greatest morning of our lives. It was. <laughs> I percent agree. It was like, very I, good. I look for Terrence, moments to debate with Terrence. Well, Terrence told me. Terrence told me that one time he said that. Terrence was it was it somebody that like the the their best friend or one of the their coworkers had just passed away that day? Yeah, I was so I was in uh I, yeah I was in in, in Castro's in New Hampshire okay and uh, I'm like we had an event I'm like this is gonna be the greatest night of our lives to the bartender and she goes my grandmother just passed away I was like oh Jesus <laughs> anyway, right, oh. and, and then like five minutes later I did it again like, like some, some customers were coming in I'm like guys you ready for the greatest night of our lives and he's like. Yeah, I just came from my girlfriend's funeral. I was like, "Jeez, wow. yeah. 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 no, way, no worries." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Paul, that was the last time I said it that night. Yeah, that. Paul, you came in Thursday. You came in Thursday, Paul, for our meeting, and I was so yeah. inspired yeah. by Terrence in our debate back and forth that I was actually sitting there listening to the Chomsky Foucault debate when Paul walked in. I, I walked into Alex's office, and he's listening to Noam Chomsky, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> what is this? What's going on?" I usually hear. Usually I hear like either dance music or have like hard rock back there. And I'm like, what? This is a change. <laughs> All right, Coop. What is the scoop this week? I'm sure you got a lot of stuff to go over. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of, you guys touched on trilogy already. And I think that's an exciting project there. So I'm, I'm really, look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to those goes on sale Thursday, right? 
they go on sale Thursday. I think it's cool because there's been a lot of people who've gotten to cigars since this brand has been out. It's I'm, a beautiful packaging. I think there's there's a portion of the the you know the, the consumer base out there who don't even remember the the origin of the brand. One of these is three robbers, three different robbers. No, it was originally three cigars, but this is a triangle pressed cigar. They're like triangle box okay. cigars. Three rubbers. Yeah, it was originally released in three wrappers: Cameroon, uh, Maduro, and Corojo. I always put these colors on wrong. But this cigar hasn't been around for many, many years, and they're doing just like a commemorative release where um, they made 300 boxes like this that have all three wrappers in them. And then uh, sometime over the next 12 months, they'll release each of the wrappers in their own boxes. And I think the press release said they made a thousand of each. Yeah, but I'm talking about the boxes that they picked up. They're different wrappers, right? They're different three, cigars. There's six of each in this, this collectible box here. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's really cool, and, and and I know you guys mentioned it earlier. That's an idea that was came from KMA Radio. Yeah, that's yeah. So I remember the show with Alan Rubin that day. Yeah, so I think that's real exciting. I'm looking forward to to that for sure. Um, unfortunately, on the what was that? Carry on. Okay. Um. Okay. Unfortunately, the some bad news today. Uh, this week, um, Drew State announced the cancellation of their in-person events for the remainder of the year. Um, that's going to include the what they're calling the postponement of the DE25 celebration that was scheduled in Dallas. Um, COVID-19 and uh, increasing health and safety concerns right now. Question is going to be: Is this a foreshadowing of what we're going to see now for the rest of the year with with other events? I'm going to tell you something. Uh, we we heard the news before the press release. Alex, we're going to AMA Live that Saturday morning. Um, you know, it's really funny because Alex will tell you uh, the folks from Drew Estate were in our office literally last week. Yeah, last we, week. Last week. And we saw them Monday. And it, yeah. Yeah, well, Monday we saw them, but literally like last week, and they were talking about some of the plans and some of the stuff that we're still working on for the E25. So. It was moving forward at full throttle until literally probably right up to the press release. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're a big corporation, corporate company now. And, you know, they still got people working from home. Um, you know, the barn smokers obviously got canceled too. But I don't know if, I mean, I'm going to assume the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival is going to go on. Um, that's coming up in a couple weeks. Um I don't see us not having uh, in-person great smoke in February, even though it's far away, um, especially in this state, because our, our governor is not really up for doing any kind of mandates. Um, well, not not now, unless he's, I don't know, the scary thing is that what if he, what if the federal government says he has to, who knows? Very loud, Paul. That's going to uh, be a big line for the federal government to cross. Yeah. That's going to be a huge line. That's going to be that's gonna be going for for the federal government to cross because I mean the kids are all going back to school next week and a lot of the schools wanted to mandate the kids to wear masks and the governor shut that down. Um, Broward County is still going to enforce it, so we'll see what ramifications have over that. But Palm Beach County has decided to go from a optional mask to highly recommended to wear a mask at school. Right. You know, but. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to be a foreshadowing of things to come. Um, I, I, I think it, it's hard to tell. It, it really is. I, I just I don't see our state here in Florida going back into lockdown anytime soon. Um, but I think bigger entities are just going to have they're just gonna, they're going to play more of the cautionary role. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I wasn't look. I actually talked to Joe Grow on Sunday night, and if there was anything going on Sunday night, he's he's a great poker player. Cause he did not. It was like you said. He said plans were they going didn't on. Know, we saw them Monday. We have a project, you know, our, right. our with the anniversary project we're working on. Then when we met up with a lot of them in Miami on Monday, and as of Monday, they still had no. Clue they mentioned nothing. Yeah. Yeah, everything was still moving forward. Yeah, because so. in fact, yeah. Uh, you know, as the media, so all, a lot of the media guys, we're thinking of still going to Dallas as long as it's safe is what, kind of our attitude because a lot of us bought plane, tic- like, plane tickets and hotels and stuff. So we may still be, like, cause some of us may be in Dallas that week just kind of to get together for the media. We're just going to, we don't have to cancel this till last minute. So we're going to, we're just going to monitor it at this point and see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, there was a second uh, story that came out yesterday, and, and this was a really interesting story. Um, you may have heard of Reyes Family Cigars. They own brands such as Puros Indios, Cuba Aliados. Um, they Been around sold... forever. What? Been around forever. Well, they sold the brands to Oliva. Really? So the, the brands were sold to Oliva. Sold now, Reyes, they didn't sell the company. So Ray's Family Cigars, they still have their, their company. They have their factories. But they sold their, like, leading brands to Oliva. And it's just one of those head-scratching moves. Like, why did they do it is the question. What 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 value of those brands? I haven't heard or seen those brands in a decade. They've been pretty dormant. I mean, Christian was trying to resurrect it a few years ago, Christian Aroa, um, by distributing them. That didn't work. But since really, the old, yeah. Since the old man passed, it, 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 it was in a downward spiral. I haven't... I mean, that company was at the first Great Smoke. Yeah, I mean, so, they have their predicate. That's the only thing I can think of where the value is. The predicate and brands have values, and a, a much more active and influential company could. I mean, look look at my father. How they, you know, working on Fonseca. I mean, maybe it's not the hottest flying brand out there, but it's relevant. It's more relevant now than it was a year ago. So, um, you know, a company like Oliva could take those old brands, revamp them. The name is well known with a lot of the older. Uh, cigar aficionados out there. I don't think it's a bad move. I, I'm, I'm more curious about Reyes making the move because Reyes is saying, hey, we didn't sell the company. We're going to be coming out with new brands. I, I don't know. Maybe they, they did it to get some capital on the company. I was, I was just trying to figure out why they probably, made that move. Probably revamping and restructuring is, is, is a costly measure. And yeah. imagine their revenues have been you know extraordinary in the past decade. So they probably use the cash flow and maybe they want to restructure and, and come out with completely new lines with maybe more relevancy for today. You know, who knows? Yeah. yeah it's it, Oliva's had an interesting year. Um, you know, they're, they're one of these pillar companies, but they've been like, normally you get one or two news stories maximum out of Oliva a year. There's been a lot of news you've seen from Oliva this year in terms of products and now this particular move. So it's kind of interesting to see that because we haven't seen that from Oliva in a very long time. They're shaking and baking. Yeah. Yep, so they're moving. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I, maybe that's something to look forward to next year, the, the resurrected brands there. What else you got going on, too? Uh, Claudio Stroy, um, I think a friend of the show, 
Um, a, a few months ago, we announced uh, he had left Bombacho. He formed his own consulting company called CST Consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now got a series of three cigars coming out. Um, and he's working with a, a small factory in the Dominican Republic uh, uh, with someone by the name of Edgar Julia Soed. Okay, so Edgar Julia and Soed. I'm not going to try. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Let Rainier try to say it. Yeah, Edgar, Edgar, Soler. There you go. Thank you, Rainier. That, that's what we need. Paul. I, I thought you were going to try that one too. But... <laughs> Paul, that Edgar. was a great imitation, by the way. That was that was spot on. Thanks, Coop. Awesome. I, yeah. I don't. J- Coop doesn't just hand out compliments, you know. No, Would you no, say no. it's higher than a six out of ten? Yes, it's higher than a six out of ten. Ooh. Yes, that was uh Right up to Matt Tobacco's impression of Matt uh, Matthew Booth. So I think those are the two best I've heard. And uh, the other one is um, Tim Osgood of Rocky Patel is really good, too. Oh, yeah. Tim yeah. Osgood's yeah. Rocky Patel is awesome. Yep. Listen, yep. Coop's just being nice to me because I didn't ask to stay at his house when I had no place to go on my drive back down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> He kind of yeah, but you were all the way on the other end of the state. That would have been like. Uh... Uh, listen, man, two kids and two dogs. I was desperate. I you could have been the problem. The problem is I have no. Yeah, there's a no pet policy in my house. You want to stay at the house with the whole family and the pet? And the I pet. wasn't. Gonna, I wasn't actually going to ask him, but I was in a. I was in a tough bind because my sister-in-law has COVID, and my father-in-law is just getting over an illness, so he can't be exposed. And we were. Just at the fourteen-day mark, where we had seen my sister-in-law, so it's the Holiday Inn Express, pal. Oh, dude, no! I have had the worst experience in Holiday Inn Expresses. We Any old, at a, no, that was just an example. Yeah. We stayed at a home two suites, but the problem is finding a place yeah. that'll let you have the two dogs and two kids. So we found it. You know, actually, Paul, the, the problem I have right now is, in all seriousness, we, we're kind of half empty nesters. So we've actually a couple of bedrooms don't have. We only have one extra bed right now. Is the problem? Where's the butler staying? Where, where does he stay? Does he have his that's own there. Yeah, that's, there. That's, the, that's the idea. Yeah, I mean, that's, we saved that for the butler. <laughs> that's hilarious. What else you got going on? Uh, but yeah, let's mention that. So he's a consultant, and now he's making cigars. Now he's making cigars. Uh, he's got a series of three limited editions coming out. Uh, they're coming out of the Dominican Republic. The first of these is called Cinque Terre, and that's Italian. Um and uh, it's going to be uh, 5x54 gram Robusto and 10 count boxes coming out this year. Limited editions, a.k.a. limited funding. <laughs> you know, I tell you what. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, if you're just getting in the business and you're starting a line, that's what limited edition means. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. We, wow. had a, we had a big talk about that on our show on Thursday night, too. About limited what did you guys edition. say? Curious. Well, we had Abe Flores on, and he had a lot. That topic pretty much came up you know when when you have limited edition it's limited tobacco and, you know so and that's all maybe sometimes you can get sometimes it's limited tobacco sometimes it's limited funding yeah you know yeah if, i mean if you, look, I, if you look at skip martin's model of producing cigars they're all limited editions i mean he makes them to order i mean they're limited I mean, then there's Supreme Leaf, and, and I, you know, f- fantastic limited edition, and I, and I love that cigar because I, I feel like it's, it's, it's a really good cigar, and I know there's going to be, you know, different sizes, and it's something I can look forward to, you know? So, you know, I know it's really good tobacco. So those cigars I get excited about. The ones See, I that, call that limited production, not limited Limited edition. production, yeah. Right, that's yeah. limited production, I Yeah, mean. yeah. Not limited edition. Yeah. Paul, your your review right just went up to an uh, your your impression went up to an eight. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
this uh, this is going to be my cigar tonight. Yep. Don't uh, you guys have to have is the cosette, uh, vieja cassette number two, right? Is it the number two? No, we, we sold all completely. It's, it, that's all the problem that we have with that cigar. It's a great cigar. You can find it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, well, all right. right. <laughs> like, all they, right. They, they, all they right. The before the show, it's like the demand is so high. The <laughs> industry was not ready for that. That's so, simple. Is is he gonna sell the line and distribute the line himself, or what? What's the scoop with that? Um, that part was not clear. Who's distributing this? That was the kind of the interesting part. I'm trying to find out. Okay. Um, who, yeah, he I mean, it's, it, he just made the announcement. He's making some cigars. Yeah, but we'll I worry about that later. You know, <laughs> and distribution. Like everyone will tell you that's the harder piece. So I, that's the big question mark. Who's distributing this? He must have hired Paul DeGracco. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Just get the press release out. We'll be fine. Yeah, we'll Mickey, out Ma- Mickey Mouse will figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you got? Cool? That's it. That's yeah. it this week. That was it for this week. Yep. All right. How about what do you got coming on for as far as shows or news, uh, shows or uh, reviews this week? Um, actually, this week um, we're we're not doing uh, we're not doing a show this week. We have the week off because we're really doing a lot of PCA coverage. We're trying to finish that up this week, so um, so we'll have that. And then the following week, uh, we'll have Jose Blanco as our special guest on primetime. Nice. All right. We'll yep. catch, catch yep. all the news, teaser, and rumor free at cigar hyphen. And accurate. And accurate. And accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, in, 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 in the next segment, it's time for season two, the pro wrestler edition of Tale of the Tape. And clock, Paul. All right, there we go. Coming in at number five on my list of top wrestlers of all time. You moved me over. There we go. Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, Brett Hart comes from a historic wrestling family, historic wrestling stable. Um, one of the guys that when you talk about technical wrestlers, you know, Bret Hart was a real wrestler. You know, he could wrestle technically, could, wouldn't injure guys, was good to work with in the ring. But, uh, you know, the thing about Bret Hart is he really kind of uh, carried the WWF in an, almost like its dark ages when, uh, you know, WCW was creeping up and, you know, it's kind of the post-Hogan era. And uh, Bret Hart, along with another wrestler, was kind of the guys that, that carried that organization for a while cool you know uh, yeah i had bret hart on my list too good pick um i went with number five i went triple h now i think triple h was in that post bret hart era probably the best wrestler he can he can technical wrestle he was i think the key of a lot of those aerial um techniques that he did he was a great champion he fought everybody he beat everybody you know it was he was in there to compete he's called the game for a reason um, he's now having a, a great career as an executive as well. And he also had a long career in the WWF. And for the most part, he stuck, uh, he has, once he came into the WWF, WWE, he stuck there the rest of his career. So, um, I am a, a big fan of his love watching him wrestle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and kudos to him. He's actually, he's still relevant today. He is. Yeah, he is. I mean, I think he still occasionally will wrestle, but you know, he obviously. But even from an executive position, you know, he's still relevant. Yeah, he is. He is, and you know, like I said, uh, you have guys, We have guys like uh, Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, Shawn Michaels. He beat these guys. I mean, Triple H right. competed and beat these guys. 
there you have it. Number five. So, so Abe, I feel like that's two you know. I feel like we got two you know this week, right? Oh, yeah. Both of those guys. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I'm all right Both with that. I, right. Same here. Same here. Or you beat people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I find it interesting that yours was number five and Coops was number 10. You know, it's such a small margin you got on this list. It's it's amazing. There's a small. It's such a small margin between the fives and tens on these lists. Um, it is like yeah, great name. Way. Yeah, I wish I could bump the Undertaker up. You know, in retrospect, it's you, yeah. you go back and forth so much. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. And and, and look, I had a number six Harley race. My lifespan with wrestling goes a little longer, so I remember some of the older guys. Um, and, right. you know, so. I wonder if any of the old guys are going to make your list, like uh, Jimmy the Superfly Snooker or any of that. Junkyard Dog. Uh, I will tell Junkyard you the million. I, I will tell you the million dollar man will not be on my list for, uh, for Alan Urban's sake. My name. Well, yeah. So <laughs> a million dollar well, not, man. Neither of you have had uh, uh, Mick Foley or or Macho Man yet, huh? There's still five spots left. There's still four. Yeah, there's four each. Yeah. Still four spots left. So. Cool. There's a lot. There's guys. I'm telling you, on both our lists who are not going to make it, and there's going to be questions. I, you know, it's it's just like I said. It's there's a lot of these guys, and there's a small margin. You should you should post that screenshot to the, the KMA page, Alex. This this season has gotten a lot of traction as far as uh, our fans' opinions on the picks and who they it think has. should should. Uh, it has. I'll post it. Should should rate where? So that was very very cool. You're All right. Cool. Luckily, in our traditional, there you go. In our traditional uh, fashion to ending KMA before we head out, uh, it's time to see this week who belongs in a Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. I just found out recently, by the way, that one of our, uh, another of the broadcasting guys has now a segment called The Cigar or The Insane Asylum. Yeah. Oh. I just found out, like, somebody sent it to me. I think it was yeah, you. I sent that to yeah. Uh, Alex <laughs> sent it to me. Hey, there's another. It's okay. I like, I like leading the way. Said, we didn't trademark it? Cigar Insane <laughs> Asylum, really. <laughs> All right, this week, it's not a Florida man. It's a Tennessee driver was arrested after a crash, worried that a nurse would inject him with COVID-19. Oh, boy. Nashville, Tennessee, a man arrested in South Na- South Nashville um, refused to allow a nurse to draw his blood, citing concerns that she would inject him with COVID-19, according to the arrest warrant. Metro police responded about 1.30 in the morning. And uh, to a stalled vehicle. When officers arrived, they said they observed a 68-year-old man in a driver's seat who explained that he was waiting for a tow truck. The warrant states officers reported smelling alcohol coming from the suspect's breath and that he slurred his speech, as well as bloodshot and watery eyes and was unsteady on his feet. The warrant states officers... uh, uh, Sorry. The man refused to consent to a breathalyzer and stated... You're trying to get me to take a COVID shot, according to the police report. Officers said they obtained a search warrant and drove to National General Hospital where they asked a nurse to draw blood. He was combative, said the nurse. He was going to inject him with COVID-19, he kept shouting. 
and he did not want anyone to stick him with any anything, the warrant alleges. The suspect was arrested and booked into jail on multiple charges, including disorderly contact, conduct, a DUI, and driving on a revoked license to boot. His bond was set at $35,000. I've seen COVID-19 used in many ways as an excuse for many things, but not to take a blood test. Sounds like he could have used a little COVID-19. Yeah. (laughs) Kudos to that guy. Holy cow. Uh, So, gentlemen, what is on the agenda for this weekend? Terrence, Rainier, what are you guys doing this weekend? Actually, me, after the show, I go to a house and the kids. Oh, my family ran a house there for the whole week. So it will be a chilling week for me. And we after. I got to tell you what, man. You really like to have a good time. Why not? I'm not easy. What do I do it now? I don't want to have a good time when, when, when I'm you, When you dress this, the way this man dresses, you have to have a good time. <laughs> this is as, as dressed down as you will ever see him. He was flying back from Vegas on the red eye in a suit and tie. <laughs> Rainier, do, do you have kids? Yes. How, how, got, old are, how old are your kids? Four months. Oh, did you say four months? Yes. Oh, oh man. Man. We're in the same boat. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Alex, remember, he's, he, he's, 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 he's got a better His men's union is a lot better. This kid's four months. Mine's just five weeks. <laughs> it's a big swing. <laughs> he seems a lot more rested. <laughs> uh, it's so much. Uh, it's so much easier at four months. Though. I was telling Alex, it's only going to get worse. It gets harder. Let's not take a turn to negative town here. Come on. Oh, sorry, sorry. The let's second year is harder than the first. And the week after, I got to go to New York. I have a whole week full of events in New York. See, now that's the way to do it. How about you, T? What do you got going on? Not too much. I got an event uh, with a, our Canadian, uh, one of the, our stores in Canada that uh, sells our cigars. Actually, right now, they're the only store i think we just got in there like about a month ago and uh we're gonna do a little zoom uh events and i got that at two o'clock and then then the sky's the limit not much else going on alex do we got a bathhouse on the agenda this weekend i'm debating it right now i may yeah. take a ride down there i was um, saying to myself this week you looked like you could use it yeah i'm debating on literally going after the show i don't know i'm, I'm up in the air i really have nothing going on so i'm trying to take it easy we've got a lot of work this week so i may be making a russian bathhouse trip in the next hour or so paul disney yeah we have uh <laughs> what gets so funny uh yeah we have a uh, a birthday party for just axel's little like preschool friends on sunday so so he gets two birthday parties yeah, my children apparently get get a New York birthday party and a uh, and a Florida birthday party. That's, my that's my, kid, my kids get one every five years. Right. Listen, you got scared because because I was going to invite you and the kids, and Stephanie's like, he's going to have like six of his like three year old friends here. Abe's kids are not going to want to be around those kids. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll tell. Them. I won't even say anything to them. <laughs> well, I, Asher could relate. I, Asher. Asher is very brotherly. He, he, he's very good with with my kids, actually. Like he he like takes care of them and like, yeah. like he likes that. He, he he likes being in that um, caretaker older brother you know position. He, he he falls naturally into that. So yeah, he, yeah. he wouldn't mind. I'm going to a you know during COVID last year, you know everybody had a lot of time on our hands. Literally, my wife and I were sitting in the bedroom and. 
we just like we didn't really have one so we just kind of opened up a little note thing on our iphone we made a bucket list just things yeah. we, because you know when you're sitting around deprived of doing anything all right so stuff we, we want to do and literally so you're going skydiving no literally literally one of my wife's items was to see david Chappelle live oh great and he's here but this is going to be a very very interesting evening i know i want to i want to go there and because the house rent because that was the one i want to see like we're at the hard rock we're at the hard rock yeah they're opening the ballrooms at 3 p.m because you have to get rapid covid tested before going to the show Wow! Yes, and the results, and you have to wear a mask, and you cannot have a. Now we got kids at home with a sitter. You cannot have a cell phone. You cannot have a smartwatch. They will, they will, they will lock them up for you, and you can get them after the show. I mean, this is like an ordeal that's like retarded. This that's thing. a Dave Chappelle thing. It is. It's a Dave Chappelle thing. Yeah. yeah. But probably it's going to be a great job because if you don't have that, he can throw whatever he wants there, you know? Let, That's let, why. Me, let me tell you something. That's no a great show. There's, in my opinion, there's no show on earth that's worth going through all that. I'll be honest with you, I agree with you. There's, I'm really, not, I'm not doing there's really no show on earth where you're going to have to test me. Yeah. I got to wait for a result before you come in. And then you're going to take my communication to the known universe yeah. away from me they- for an hour and a half. Abe, do they keep it or do they give you one of those lock bags? One of those lock bags. Lock bag. Yeah. Which yeah, means, a lot of which means then after the show, how long in a Russian red line? You unlock, you unlock your phone. You guys, I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. I agree. But I think he's one of the funniest guys out there. Like he really straight to the point. Good. Yeah. Good. Go pull him up on Netflix and watch a show from five years ago. <laughs> Remember now, maybe you can talk later about the show, but I think it's going to be great. The stuff that you're going to hear from him there live, you were not here enough. He's yeah. too positive, Renier. He's yeah. a happy guy, man. He's a happy guy. I love it. So you gotta, I, would, I think it will be great. Believe me, it will be worth it. In my head right now, all I would be thinking about is how long the line's going to be for that damn COVID test, how long it's going to wow. take for them to give you the result. Listen to me. This is what I told my wife. Okay. And you have to wait for it? Listen to me. It's a rapid test. How long do rapid tests take, Alex? 15 minutes. Okay. So so listen to me. They're opening up the ballroom at 3 p.m. for a 9 p.m. show. So what does that tell you? And then my wife says, well, I got the sitter to come at 5, which means we won't get there till 6. Oh, no. But But the show won't start till 10. Is that what happens? Probably. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. You he has been known to go long, and I don't know what the union situation is like. Like in New York, he can't really do that in those big arenas because the unions say that they have to stop by a certain time. But I don't know if it's the there, same there, in the hard rock. No he could go for this, hours. This is Indian, <laughs> Indian. Right, it's Florida and it's Indian residents. Yeah, there's, no, there's no nothing. It's what Big Chief says goes. Yeah, right. he's been known to be on stage for like three, four hours rambling. Oh. I mean, I'm sure it's entertaining. Well, it should be interesting. That's what I'm doing. So listen, we want to thank everything. Thank you, Lorenzo, for coming on. Thank you, Terrence, for stopping by as a special guest. Always a pleasure yep. to see you. You are a great guy, Terrence. Oh, thank you. Class yeah. act all the way. I cannot stop talking about what a great guy you are. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. There you go. Feel better? Yeah, thank I you. do. 
Thank you to all you guys for having me and Terry and your show. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the support, guys. Thank you. No, yeah, thank, thank you for letting me hijack. Thank you. <laughs> Coop, as always, thank you for your thank you. Uh, contribution, your uh, awesome contribution every week. Gentlemen, have a great weekend to all our fans out there. We hope you we made these couple hours this Saturday morning enjoyable and entertaining for you guys, as always. Catch us next week with Jeff Amendola and Chris Monaco of the Amendola Family Cigar Company. First time on KMA. Should yeah. be an interesting show. Great guys. Yeah, they're great Until guys. Then, good, they'll be good guests, trust me. Until then, keep it lit.